One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. This is the COV, all the stuff you need to know in the day in business and markets. My name is Kyle Rutter with Danny Akuye. And um, Danny, uh, the omen has been broken. Normally, the red shirt means a red market. Not today. We're <laughs> half a percent higher, which it, is It does, uh, but it depends good. on which sector you looked at. Because yeah. quite frankly, it was a bit of a, to use that word, that is used quite a lot these days, a bifurcated market, wasn't it? It was. Well, um, maybe we can get straight into that because it really was the uh, well, material sector and energies energy sector that pushed things high. And I think that's part of one of our major themes today, which is really this sort of hope springs eternal when it comes to China's economy and any kind of rumblings we get out of the, um, well, policymakers over there about the prospect of more stimulus. So, I mean, I think you know that, that run higher for the market really can be pinned just basically on that. Yeah, so the Politburo did make an announcement as far as I can work out, um, you know, last night, our time, but uh, it's a bit scant on details. Right. Yes. Um, acknowledging that there needs to be some stimulus, acknowledging that the property sector has a few problems, uh, but I'm yet to find out any actual concrete measures. So I guess that'll come out in dribs and drabs maybe over the course of the week. We should hope at least. But um, mm. there's a lot of news uh, elsewhere in the world. US tech earnings tonight. Well, tomorrow Microsoft. morning our time. Microsoft. Alphabet. Uh, Alphabet. And yep. there's a few other non-tech names reporting as yeah, well. So it's going to be a big week. Huge. Um, but I, I think fair to say we'll be watching those pretty closely as well. Indeed. And also companies like Visa, which might give us uh, further indication in terms yeah. of how the consumers are you know, holding up. I mean, there's just so many companies reporting we couldn't possibly mention them not, all. Not them all. The, the, the one I'll also be looking at just uh, 3M, sometimes a good proxy, along with Caterpillar as well, around sort of that global industrial, industrial story. Yeah, so. and those stocks are running again. Yeah, so there you mm. go. And um, well, Central Bank Watch, we're not there yet but still we're speculating what could be uh, Fed, ECB, Bank, Bank of Japan at the end of the week. Uh, I think a lot of investors probably keeping to the sidelines until there's some more clarity around, well, both the earnings as well as um, that's uh, central bank uh, developments. But let's get across the, uh, well, uh, sectors today that we were watching. We already mm-hmm. mentioned the miners. Yes. And uh, some broad-based gains, it has to be said. Almost rocket emojis. Almost rocket emojis. <laughs> yeah, for Fortescue, uh, above 23 bucks a share. So I don't know, it's, it's been a while since it was above that level, at least well, months, if not those maybe. Those Dalian iron ore futures, the September ones, are up to $190 a metric tonne today. So the punters are definitely in there with hope springing eternal. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. South 32 bouncing back after we're yeah. uh, well what was a bit of a dip yesterday uh, but let's get to the energy space on that note and performing rather well as well uh the coal, coal stocks coal yeah. stocks doing well coronator's not there but three of the top five yesterday were coal stocks whitehaven you hope were amongst them um but broad broad-based strength in, in energy as well so the woodside santos and ampol all pushing higher uh 
where were the where was the weakness? Well, the retailers uh, was uh, well, so consumer discretionary, I should say, was, were amongst the worst. And infotech was and also infotech. at one oh, stage. Really? Yeah, at one stage that was a little bit weaker. Although mm. I think that recovered a little bit into the afternoon. So infotech down about a third of a percent. Looks like the REITs down about 0.6. Healthcare down about half percent. Consumer discretionary, which I think you were alluding to, mm. almost down a percent, which is not really surprising because it's. Uh, you know, really a rotation back into, you know, our cyclical stocks. China exposed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have seen the odds of a rate hike next week push up to about half a percent over the last few days. Mm-hmm. So, oh, inflation tomorrow. Of, and CPI data, which mm. we'll, we'll get to in a moment, of course, mm. too. Um, there was some corporate news today. New Crest fourth mm-hmm. quarter gold output uh, rose for the quarter. Improved construction at its flagship Cardi mine in New South Wales drove the rebound. Uh, the company subject with $26 billion takeover, obviously. The stock uh, sold off last week after Newmont did report. Um, Orkin yeah. is also getting a loan of up to $180 million to develop a battery-grade brine lithium plant at the cell Davida site in Argentina. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, an interesting dynamic, actually, uh, we were talking about with uh, Josh Gilbert yesterday from Toro, just the influence that this kind of nascent futures market in China for lithium is starting to have on our stocks here. Oh, really? I didn't up. even know there was one. That's embarrassing. Well, no, neither did I until he, he mentioned it. But mm. it's kind of, um, well, I was starting to sort of drive the price action a little bit more. because we're So getting it's a, a bit, bit like Dally and Iron or Futures. Well, it's sort of, well, mm. just fundamentally the market's more transparent and efficient now. Right. So the stocks contract the underlying a bit, okay. a bit quicker. I think that's the sense of things. Um, which takes us to more corporate news today. Core Lithium obviously reported Lots activity Lots of downgrades yesterday. there. There was. Yes. Uh, City lowering its uh, price target. Macquarie doing the same. Uh, Goldman's uh, also noting that things were disappointing and uh, the broker has put a sell rating on it, cut the price target at 75 cents. Morgan has cut its price target to 75 as well, retaining a hold rating. Uh, last but not least, Live360 was also in the news and uh, well, that was a broker rating Bell Potter actually upgrading the company, which is a little bit out of cycle, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a lot of downgrades recently, raised the price target to $9.25. Indeed, and there was only um, another interesting one. Domino's was downgraded uh. by Goldman Sachs and that stock was uh, being sold down quite heavily. That was uh, off by, well, 5%, 6% at one stage. Joe just felt the share price was discounting. Too much optimism and a turnaround. Interesting, and uh, well, actually, here's the stock of the day. Might've been a little bit up here earlier. Of course, Nadine was the presenter. I, I have mad paws. Well, you like your animals. Have you ever thought, you know, kind of like a, an emotional um, impulse buy of like the mad paws stock, just sort of in no. solidarity for your um, no. four-legged friends? No. No, I don't even know really what the business does. But, <laughs> I did the toilet. Uh, nevertheless, it was our stock of the day, so maybe you can tell us. The report was encouraging in that they, um, they, their sales are increasing. Mm-hmm. If you look at it last year, or the last full 12 months report, they lost 10 million on 9.8 million in sales. So there's a, I would have thought that was a fairly big gulf to bridge to actually be, get to profit. They're also talking about EBITDA, which uh, what Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett call bullshit earnings. And uh, I know that everyone uses them, I'm, I'm, but the reason they say that is because it's like saying taking off tax, taking off appreciation. It was take all these expenses out, oh, we're breaking even. Mm. I know it's a legitimate measure, uh, but what really counts is when do they get to a point of actual net profit or, or profit per share, which then you can bring a P into it, then you can start looking at what the future holds. If I pay 
a certain amount for what's my return likely to be if I have some visibility on what the profitability is. But they're not there yet. So for me, we couldn't, uh, I, I don't have an opinion. I think it's, their sales are, are encouraging. They've jumped up solidly. And uh, that's, but until they get to profit, there's, there's no, no interest to us. Let's just sit back and wait. Um, you know, the times when I, I say this, it was a long time ago, 2021, um, you know, you were rewarded for taking that sort of risk and getting early into businesses like this, which have the potential to build into something special. But we're at a phase now where the market well and truly is saying, let's take that seat back. Let's make sure that growth can continue. You can tip into that inflection point of, of sustainability and profitability. Um, and after those runs are on the board, that's where we'll step in. Okay, so uh, there's the view on Mad Paws. Did they did they sell you on it? No. No. Well, it's a thirty-seven million. I don't think they're sold on it either. <laughs> no, not 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 really. But uh, well, let's perhaps uh, maybe with a tongue in cheek get a view from our guest for the day, David Lamb from Ord Manette. Um Mad Paws is a stock. Has it ever uh, made its way through your filters? David? I have to say it hasn't. Um, <laughs> my daughter Georgia keeps putting pressure on us to get a pet and I've resisted that. So, yeah, yeah it hasn't really come into my frame of reference as, as to yet. No, no, <laughs> fair so. enough, fair enough. But uh, yeah, let's move on. So it's a really big week, isn't it? We've got uh, the, you know, the Fed meeting, we've got the ECB meeting, we've also got our inflation data. That's right. Do you think we're going to get any real surprises uh, coming through out of these? Oh, look, I think if we are going to get some surprises, it's it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Um, we've had the US market 11 consecutive days in a row being positive. I think that's the first time for, for many, many years. Um, and it really seems as if the market all of a sudden has forgotten all of the potential issues that, that could go on. Um, we are still in an environment with high inflation, potentially higher rates again, um, you know, not only in, in the US, but around the world over the, the coming weeks. And as you mentioned earlier, we've got the US reporting season happening at the moment. Australian reporting season is about to start. Uh, it will actually kick off tomorrow with Rio Tinto uh, mm. reporting their interim results. And then uh, right through August, there'll, there'll be a lot of uh, reports coming through. So. Yeah, I think we're, we're in a bit of a phase where the market doesn't appear to be worried, yet there's a lot to be worried about. Mm, so, mm. yeah, we're definitely very cautious heading into this reporting season. It, sorry, just on, one Danny. thing. No, I thought it was quite interesting because apparently Mike Wilson from Morgan Stanley, who he, he called a tactical buyer on the US markets in October last year, but then he sort of said, no, take profits this year. Yep. Really worried about an earnings recession. Like he's been one of the bears along with Mark Kalonovic from um, JP Morgan. So sure. apparently Mike Wilson is even backtracking now, which it was always like for, he, for, he, for them to capitulate it's you know quite challenging because you and it's always at that period yeah. when everybody is kind of becoming bullish or the investors are bullish we see the vix come down and then yeah. yeah, that's right. And and even our own uh, head of asset allocation, Malcolm Wood, has been very, very cautious and, mm. and negative for quite some time. He is still cautious and still um, concerned about the, the risks, mm. uh, particularly in the US. Um, but a lot of the data that has been coming through has been making Malcolm not, not necessarily change his view, but become a little bit more comfortable mm. with the environment. And, 
you know, technically, as far as the, the economy is concerned, and economic theory is that with rising rates and rising interest rates, that we should be getting rising unemployment. But that's the part of the economy that continues to, to stay very, very strong. And um, yeah, it's making a lot of the, the uh, traditionally educated economists scratch their heads and <laughs> maybe rethink their, uh, their economic theory. Absolutely. What about um, just what's going on in the material space, particularly the miners obviously leading the market higher today. It's just every time uh, some positive rumblings coming out of China, mm. it's enough for investors to at least buy the news in the short term. Are you feeling more confident on the miners at the moment or how you see things? Because like you said, we've got Rio reporting half year tomorrow. They are, yes. We're, uh, again, probably on the on the sidelines with the the uh, the large miners the BHP's Rio uh, we've got hold recommendations on them and think that they're probably fairly fully priced at the moment um, we are again concerned about the outlook for China not just short term but but medium and longer term mm. uh, and really think that China has a lot of structural issues and there's been a lot of talk uh, that potentially they're on the on the brink of a Japan-like mm. decade where you know that they really are going to struggle. Um, so obviously the market was was excited by the um, potential that there might be some more stimulus there, but but as you said, that the Politburo didn't really have much in the way of detail. So uh, I think in some respects that the market is getting a little bit too excited about the potential of China roaring back to a 10% mm. growth, whereas I don't really think that's that's necessarily going to happen. So, um, yeah, we're probably more positive on some of the other miners. Um, we think that copper has a lot of potential uh, globally uh, mm. as far as the renewable energy and, and EV um, theme is concerned. So probably more favourable as far as the, the copper miners, uh, even gold is, is coming back into the frame as well. Mm. Indeed. Now, one of the sectors that really has been a little bit uh, devoid of love this year, both in America and uh, over here, is healthcare. Yes. And it's funny because I listen to all the strategists and everybody loves healthcare. Okay, we know CSL had, you know, the downgrade, but it's largely FX related. There's a little bit on margins, you know, going on there. Yeah. At what point are our beloved healthcare stocks going to come back into fashion again? It's a great question. Um, I don't have the answer to that, <laughs> but I definitely think that there's a lot of value there yeah. in, in the healthcare stocks that... Not only in Australia, but but in most countries around the world, they've got demographics in their favour. We've got an ageing population. Um, there's new technologies coming mm. through in, in healthcare on a regular basis. So yeah, we think that there is value in in some of those, uh, particularly the 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 you know Ramsey Healthcare, uh, Sonic Healthcare, those sorts of stocks. Uh, and then at the smaller end, we think that there's some value in uh, a lot of the, the radiology companies, um, Capital Health and Integrated Diagnostics are a couple that, that we like in that space as well. Interesting. Uh, what about lithium? Uh, just because we have seen a bit of increased volatility over the last few days, and, yeah. you know, it's inevitably a, 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 an area of the market that overshoots the upside or downside, depending on where, wherever sentiment is at the moment. But I mean, do you have a sort of a view at the moment on, on you know, the, the, the space in general? Yeah, the, the space in general, long term, we think is you know, is is a good space, uh, and that there is or there will be a lot of uh, value created over the next decade or so, as far as you know, lithium and, and battery metal, metals in uh, in general. 
Um, but as you said, we you know there is a lot of volatility uh, in that sector today. We saw Pilbara up about five percent. Mm. Um, most of the the uh, the lithium stocks were up very very strongly. Uh, Orkham was up two point eight percent. Sayona up five percent. So you know there, there is a, a bit of excitement coming out of again coming out of China about the um, the intent for China to become the world's leader as far as EV uh, is concerned and. Uh, locally, where you know we like a number of those lithium stocks, um, Orkham and, and Sayona in particular, are a couple of that we like, and then we also like that EV theme uh, from an Australian, well, a reshaping of the the car market, uh, and you know one of those that we like is is Eagers, yes, um, yes, and then the the government has given a lot of uh, mm. tax incentives mm. as far as the, the novated leases. So we like uh, uh, Fleet Plus and, and Smart Group mm. in that space as well. So yeah, I think as a theme, there's there's definitely a lot um, to, to unpick there. Yeah, that's interesting, David. Um, David, it's great to have you on the desk, of course. Before uh, you jet off once again, we'll hopefully get you back on soon in person or at least over Skype. David Lane, Automate, thanks for your time. My pleasure, thank you. Okay, let's get to the leaders and laggards, shall we, just to see where everything is wrapped up and where the dust is settled for the day. Monodolphus, was there any news there? Yeah, I, do I have think to they've write got the, a new the, contract. The commentary this afternoon. It'd be great to know. Yeah, they've got a new contract. Ah, so uh, that was that one. And what else have we got there? Pilbara Minerals, that we've just been. Yeah, so they've got the construction contact, a contract with Albemarle. Oh, Speaking of lithium, the largest lithium producer in the world. So uh, it's approximately 200 million associated with the expansion of the Kemerton Lithium Hydroxide Plant in the southwest region of Western Australia. There you go, Monodolphus, at the top of the charts today. Uh, looking through very much that uh, materials theme we spoke about, Bill, like you said. Let's go to the laggards now, see what is there. ML Payments, another one which uh, I'll probably have to check. Uh, Domino's, it's in down the news. 5% after that downgrade. Indeed. Uh, from Goldman Sachs, and I'm not sure what's going on with Mesa Blast. Yeah, interesting one on email. We'll keep an eye on that because I can't find any news just uh, publicly on uh, on that one. But uh, anyway, worst performer of the day, Mesa Blast down 6.2%. You just mentioned Domino's as well. Kogan.com, maybe uh, in that retailer's thematic too. We did uh, talk about how that was one area of weakness today in the market. But yeah. um, let's look at the leaders and laggards in the small cap space. Um, nothing that jumps out of there at me necessarily, although AMA up 26%, so that's pretty tidy. Um, see if we can find any news on that one. In the meantime, we'll just shift over to the laggards as well. Mm. Um, seems to be some news uh, in terms of AMA, actually. Let's see if I can just uh, I can't. pull it up. Mm. No, no, can't see it. No. Anyway, moving on. Um, OneView Healthcare, biggest laggard there, 8.75% lower. All right, let's quickly touch on uh, what is coming up overnight. We've already spoken about it a little bit, but yep. uh, I think, well, some important US data, but Microsoft, Google um, will probably yep. be the... Um, after know, the market closes. Well, after the market closes, that yep. probably set us up for, for tomorrow, I'd say. Totally, totally. Yep, absolutely. They've got some big shoes to fill, to put it mildly. Yeah, big bar, big bar to uh, try and exceed. But um, let's go to what's ahead tomorrow. And of course, it's that CPI figure out yes. of Australia. Some production updates as well. Uh, Beach, Aluka, Min Resources and Rio's interim results. Um, that CPI figure 
expectations that I've seen for core is around 6.2%. Mm-hmm. Had Paul Bloxham on the uh, big picture today saying that he thinks it'll be 6.3, it'll be enough for the RBA. To and say, that's 11.30 yep, tomorrow? 11.30 a.m. And we will cover that uh, on the big picture too for what it's worth uh, tomorrow morning. But uh, indeed, uh, we get at six something. It's a pretty good chance the RBA goes again in August, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. In the meantime, that'll do us for another day, Danny. Indeed. Um, all your news and interviews on your website and app. There's plenty mm-hmm. there for you to digest. But in the meantime, have a lovely evening and we will see you tomorrow morning. Bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.